Hey friend, welcome to the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I'm Evie. And I'm Sophia. We are so glad you're here. Our mission is to support, encourage, and challenge young Catholic women on their journey toward heaven. We pray this podcast above all else invites you to radically claim your beloved identity in Jesus Christ, the seed for living our one in eternity life. Here's to telling our stories. Welcome home. Hey, gal pals, welcome to this episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Sophia and Evie. Good morning, ladies. How are we doing? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I think I think it's funny in our little meeting before we started recording how we each were talking about how like ill we've been this weekend. <laughs> And in our prayer, like when we right before we opened, I was like, "Okay, the devil knows we're doing something good, so I'm taking our sickness as a good sign." I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh my goodness, amen! And also, just a not so subtle analogy for what we're talking about today, so it kind of works exactly. out too. Right? It really does work out. <laughs> oh my so goodness! Funny. I know. Abby, how are you doing this week? I'm good. Um, Easter was just so beautiful, and. I was really happy to be able to spend it on campus with my friends, um, and yeah, I've just been basking in that Easter joy a little bit, so it's been really great. What about you guys? That's awesome. I got to go home um, for Easter, which is really, really fun, and I got to bring one of my friends home with me, so I was playing tour guide a little bit, and then when I, this is actually so cute, I wish I could like play this out loud for you guys, but I got I had to drive back Monday morning for COVID testing, um, and then my grandpa and my my uncle drove in from New Jersey that night, so I, like, just missed them, and my mom was like, your grandpa really wants to see you, and she wasn't, like, telling me to drive home, but she was like, you should drive home kind of thing, um, so then I ended up Tuesday night driving home, surprising them at the hotel, and then we all got breakfast together, and then I drove back to school for Wednesday because I had work. And my grandpa, he was just so surprised and he was so happy. And he sent me um, a little voicemail and he was like, your grandpa was so happy that he got to see you. And he was like getting choked up. And it was the most precious thing ever. Um, long story short, I just love, I love my family. Got to spend a lot of time with them. Um, it was just, it was very precious, so. Yeah, I relate to that, basking in the Easter joy, for sure. <laughs> oh, I love that, so. Yeah, that's so important. And two, I think it, it reminds us of the, like, the reason for which we're rejoicing, you know? Like, that, that communion, that resurrection, that new life that even the people in our own lives sometimes embody and remind us of. Um, mm-hmm. mm. So glad to hear that from you guys. I am back in Southern California and have been now for a few weeks, but I have just been loving the warm weather that we have. Whenever I have the chance to be outside, I am always there. I'm jealous too. I know. I got my girls from the East Coast and the Midwest here who are like, consistent weather patterns? What are those? (laughs) Yep. Like, I have to check the weather, like, not even just in the morning, like, like three times throughout the day here in North Carolina because you never know. You really never know. Yeah. It was 80 on Easter and then like 30 yesterday. So <laughs> no consistency yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that. 
Well, let's dive in this morning. I, I keep saying this morning, and listener, whether you're listening to this in the AM or in the PM, we always record these very literally at the crack of dawn here in California, but <laughs> typically on, on weekend mornings. Um, and so we are ready and prepared with blankets and coffees in hand to just feel cozy as we settle into this topic. And um, I am so stoked about this series that we're going to begin. This will be the first series that we're doing here on the PG podcast. And, and we're talking about the story of mercy. We're going to have a three-part series focusing on first today, Divine Mercy, as we celebrate um, or celebrated yesterday, the Feast of Divine Mercy. Next week, we're going to look at mercy with ourselves, um, which honestly, I love Jesus, but that might be my favorite of the ones that we're going to talk about. And then uh, our last one is mercy with others, and particularly what that looks like um, in relationships amongst us and other young women and kind of the competition that can can settle in. Um, so, but for today, um, I would just love to know, I mean, so what has been your experience with God's mercy in your life? Has it always been something easy to grasp? Is it something that there's been kind of almost this pinnacle moment that transformed your ability to receive it more where you're under able to understand his nature? Um, yeah. What's your, what's your story with this? Mm. It definitely has not been easy to grasp. I think. My life. Um, <laughs> I think that's a common experience. Um, and also I don't think there have been, or there has been one pinnacle moment. I think just like pinnacle moments of just like continuing to remember God's mercy um, after periods of forgetting it or not trusting in it. Um, I think that I sort of grew up thinking that God was sort of out to get me in a way. Like I thought of him more as a judge than a loving father. And so be like, what traps has God laid for me today to like not fall into? Mm. Um, And then I had a priest once say like, you know, God is not out to get you. And then he was like, well, he is out to get you. He's out (laughs) to get you into heaven. And I just had never really thought of, I mean, as much as I had heard that God loved me and God cared for me and was fighting for me, like, I guess I never internalized it. Um, And so to think that God was rooting for me, I was like, oh, I kind of, I think subconsciously thought he was rooting against me. Um, Yeah, I don't know if anybody else has that experience. I feel like that's maybe a common experience, but um, but yeah. Yeah, that he's like going to hold out on us right? Mm -hmm. That like, there's only a threshold of his mercy. And that like, if we step beyond that threshold, like, sorry, like you're done for, or like, you're just disqualified from relationship with him. Definitely Mm -hmm. been there, done that. So what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's only natural that we all have a different view on God's mercy because we just, we live in a broken world, you know, and it's really easy for us to relate that relationship to our relationship with our earthly father and I think for me, like my dad, my dad's a little older. He just turned 70. So for him, and when I was growing up, it was like, how can I impart all of my knowledge onto my last <laughs> child? And like, if I didn't pick up on things quick enough, like 
I still don't know how to change a tire and that just makes him so mad. But like, if I don't pick up on things, like that's reflective on to like him and his ability to like teach me. So like a lot of times growing up, like I just felt like I needed to prove to him that I was picking up on these things because I, because I love him. I want to learn these things. So I'm going to keep trying and show you that I can do it. And me showing you that I did it is how you're going to love me, which is so not true, but you know, that's just how a child's brain works. But, and I think that's kind of like how I grew up was connecting like what I do to being loved. Hence like my ultra planning and everything. But I know I think the same thing as Evie was like, I mean, I grew up Catholic, so I grew up, like, knowing that God has mercy for me. Um, But I was raised in a really comfortable, like, lifestyle. Like, I just went to Catholic school. I went to public high school. And then I was just, like, I'm looking at all of these testimonies and everything around me. And it's, like, I have nothing like that to bring to the table. You know, like, God has not given me any crazy life testimony to share, you know? And then I realized um, it's in our littleness and the everyday moments is what matters. And that's what's going to speak to the most, the most people. Um, and I, I was going to talk about this a little later, but uh, I heard a speaker talk one time. I think it was probably at a Steubenville conference um, because that's probably, they're always at Steubenville conferences. You know? <laughs> that one time at Steubenville. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, and it just kind of completely changed the way I think about God's mercy in my life. So I want to hear, like, if you guys have heard this before or um, your thoughts on it. But it was kind of like that idea of when you were a little kid, right? Um, I don't know if you guys did this, but I would go shopping with my mom and I would just, like, hide in the clothes, you know, like, hide in little clothes racks and be like, oh, she's never going to find me. She's never going to find me, you know? And my mom knew where I was. Like, she was just, like, waiting for me to come out. She was just like, oh, yeah, where's Sophia? <laughs> no idea. And then I would just jump out and pretend to just absolutely scare her. And she's like, wow. Like, I knew where you were. Like, but, you know, she would fake it and, like, pretend to be scared. Just, you know, to make me happy. But that's, like, how our relationship with the father is like he knows where we are wherever whether that's in our wanderings or in our sins or wherever it is like he knows where we are and he just wants us to come to him and not so much as like okay lord like have mercy on me but it's like lord like help me with this like carry me because i'm not strong enough to carry this cross by myself like i'm not strong enough to just walk and for me like that's that was how mercy was changed it's not so much as like okay, Sophia, you need to do this, this, and this, and then I can love you. Like, if you build my kingdom in these ways, then you can be a beloved daughter. It's like, no, he's just there, just waiting to just love us. Like, Evie was saying, like, he's out to get us. (laughs) I love that. But, yeah, I don't know. That was my whole thoughts on it. No, amen to all of that. And I think when we are able to draw parallels between – um, our relationship with God, but then also our human relationships, the, the, what's the word? Like accepting his mercy makes a little bit more sense because like, let's say I were to get in a fight with somebody 
um, and they had hurt me really badly. I mean, we can all think of a time when somebody's hurt us really badly in our lives. And then they ask me for forgiveness. And if I say like, hmm, no, like I, I don't want to give you forgiveness, right? Or like, no, like you can keep that to yourself. Like that is so painful for us in our human relationships for someone to refuse mercy when we've messed up, right? And God's sitting there in the same way, just like, let me love you. I think that this is one of his greatest, if not his greatest attribute. Mm-hmm. And, and depending on two, I would say, especially as Catholics, our resume or history with the sacrament of confession, I think that that will have a incredibly large impact on the way that we view his mercy. Either it's like, okay, I go stand in this really long line and hopefully I'm able to get to confession before the 5 p.m. Saturday night mass starts, right? <laughs> to like wipe myself clean. And so we kind of compose this idea of tolerance with God, that God's just putting mm-hmm. up with us. Mm-hmm. Or we've had people model for us in our lives, like you don't, you can walk into that confessional and say anything, right? Any sin. And every time you walk out, you are, God extends his mercy to you, no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously there's the elements of contrition, but it's not like there's a sin that you can walk in there and say, and the priest is going to be like, "Mm, sorry, this is on like the no fly list. (laughs) You don't don't get to have God's mercy today. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that when we, when we are so deep in our lives in sin, and I mean, I've been through seasons of my life where I'm just drowning in it. Um, we have this idea that like that disqualifies us from God's mercy. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I don't know. And I think that we really don't understand the nature of his mercy if that's our approach to it, because it's like, it's a hospital, right? Like if I, as a healthy person walk into a hospital, the doctors aren't going to tend to me before the person who's just been wheeled in right on, on a cart who is in a, a car accident. Right? right? They have priority to God's mercy. Like they have the first right to it as he, the doctor, right? Would want to be with them, to heal them, to strengthen them, to equip them. And, and I don't know, like, I think when, because it's not like a positive correlation, typically like our actions and like our right to God's mercy can become so confusing. And, but honestly, it's my favorite part because it's been such a resurrecting and redeeming quality in those moments of my life where I've just been so, so far from him. Mm-hmm. Evie, what do you think? Yeah, I think that that's the reason why confession is so healing because in our relationship, like our human relationships, as beautiful and as forgiving as they may be, like they're still conditional because we're still human beings. So I think it's difficult to understand that God could have unconditional mercy. And so that's why we place limits on it. So I don't think we can handle even like the thought of it being unconditional. Um, but then you go to confession and you like pour out your heart and your sins. And the priest is like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Like, I'm, like and Jesus speaking through the priests just saying that he loves you and that he forgives you like it's so healing mm-hmm. um i was definitely in a period of life more towards high school where i really i think started to abuse the sacrament of confession um i was just really nervous 
that I never knew the state of my soul. Like I never knew if I was in a state of grace or I was really nervous. And so um, I like stopped receiving communion very often. And I would go to confession like twice or three times a week. Like I was just like constantly nervous. Um, And it wasn't because I was like, I don't know, really holy or something. Like I was just, I didn't trust that God forgave me. Um, And so I would just like keep going and I would, um, I don't know, it was a real source of anxiety for me that I, um, I'd sort of placed like the power of confession and reconciliation in my own hands. When in reality, like it's God who is the one forgiving and like he longs to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like that attack of scrupulosity mm-hmm. that tries to tell us like it's all up to you, which then mercy's not going to make sense because like we aren't the fountain of mercy, right? Mm-hmm. I was praying in the church, my church, <laughs> before um, this podcast recording this week, and I just asked Jesus, I was like, like what image can you like give me first and foremost, but then also to share with the listeners of like of your mercy and he just immediately, like by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, brought me to a place called Iguazu Falls, which is in South America. It's kind of like the Niagara Falls of, of Latin America, South America. And I visited there when I was studying abroad in college. And it's just like you sit there and you continually try to grasp how the water never runs out, how millions of gallons flow over these falls every single minute, like not even every day, like every minute. And yet, it never runs out. And he's like, that is me. Like, he's like, I just want to douse you in my mercy, even and especially when you feel like you um, at least qualify for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. So that's what do you so think? Beautiful. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. As, as soon as somebody says something about like nature, I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Adventure girls over here. Like, mm-hmm, right. yep. <laughs> yeah not and I mean I think both like back to like what Evie was saying too I think that just goes back to how used to conditional love we are Mm -hmm. um and I think there's so many things at play and like the devil is hard at work because he knows the gift of Jesus's mercy like he sees that waterfall and he hates it and he's gonna do everything in his power um to convince us that we don't deserve it and um I, I just think it goes back to like why do we think we don't deserve God's mercy? And I mean, I'm interested to hear y'all's journey through this question because I think it's kind of loaded. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, it's always been that sin of just pride in my life and just feeling like, well, you know, like I, I'm doing all this work, like I, I deserve it. You know what I mean? It's, and it sounds so weird to, to say, but it's like, Lord, like I'm, how, how like our performance, out. right? right. Like our, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing good right now. I'm doing well right now. Yeah. So like, it's almost like there's a report card for like our relationship with God. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you, once you think of it like that, like, it's good to have like, 
goals and things you're working towards but it's like when you think of your relationship with god as like some to-do list or a report card it's like it takes out the whole love story and i think that was what was missing in my life growing up too was going to catholic school i knew everything there was to know about the faith but what i was missing and what everyone else was missing was the love like the intimacy of the catholic faith and there's just it's so beautiful and when I went to, I had my reconversion moment sophomore year of high school. And that's what I realized I was missing. I was like, no wonder church is boring for me. No wonder I'm not seeking out the sacraments because it has no meaning. It's just, it's just surface level right now. Um, and that was just a complete game changer to me because I think that's where a lot of people are is in their wanderings. It's like God's mercy is out there they just don't even know what to ask for yet if that makes sense yeah oh sorry I'm just like kind of speechless I'm trying to like (laughs) just yeah I think it's so difficult for us to believe that we are worthy of mercy um, and this, we'll talk about this in the next one too, but, um, yeah, I just think that we disqualify ourselves and, and I, yeah, I think so that you're right. Like that is, that stems in pride. Um, and one of my friends, he always says like, like up until the, like right before the moment of sin, the devil's telling you like, this is not a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal for you to sin. And then afterwards, he's mm-hmm. like, this is the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go to God with this. Um, and I think that that's, when he told me that, I was like, wow, like, that is so unfair of the devil. Like, and it makes so much sense. Um, because after we sin, like, God doesn't want us to wait he doesn't want us to continue wandering he wants us just to run back home um yeah but yeah well and and two i think when we are surprised by our sin right when we don't anticipate failings i think that it's important to recognize within ourselves that i am like, I am Peter, right? It's kind of like that Mm -hmm. moment in the gospel where he's like, Lord, like, I would never leave you. And he doesn't consider his humanity when it comes to his relationship with Christ. And so then when, I mean, he actually, Peter would give us an example, like he runs right to the blessed mother afterwards and is like, I don't know what I've done. And he's Mm -hmm. honest. Um, But I, you're, you're so right, Evie, like, the devil's going to try to get us to think that like our sin is the worst sin in the entire world to try to keep us from running back into the arms of the father. And and, I don't know, this is a really big part of my testimony for sure, because I, I was somebody who grew up going to Catholic school and grew up in a Catholic home, but we definitely never in either environment worked to cultivate intimate relationship with Christ. Like it was just this component of your life, right? Which I even think about that with like romantic relationships in our own lives. Like if we were like, oh, like I will tolerate you, right? Or like, (laughs) you know, let's form some sort of contract or agreement. Like 
that is based upon some sort of exchange of goods or condition. Like it's, it's not beautiful. It's not romantic. It's but yet with God, like sometimes I think it's almost our default position because it's like, why do you care about me so much? Because we haven't taken time to meditate upon his mercy. And when I was a sophomore in college, I studied abroad in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And uh, it was definitely my prodigal daughter season. Like up until that point, I it really steered away from trouble, but again, not because I understood why. It was just like, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and two, I would say in my pride was like, I don't understand how people struggle with these temptations. Just totally ignorant to um, like the role and reality of spiritual warfare. And then I get to this, and after a course of really a lot of triggering events, like, I find myself deep in sin, like, drinking, smoking, clubbing, like, impurity, all of these different things that I thought, because of how out of control my life was, were going to be something that gave me, like, that solace, that high, that that longing that I had. And, of course, as typically everybody usually finds, like, it doesn't satisfy that desire. And so ironically, not so ironically, divinely, when I was there, St. Fran- Francis, not quite yet St. Francis, but Pope Francis, he had declared um, it the year of mercy in the church. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would go and sit in these beautiful basilicas in downtown Buenos Aires and just weep because I would look at the cross and I could, I would just say like, I can't understand that kind of love. Like, I don't think that it was something that I had experienced in my life, which especially if that's our, um, like kind of how we've come to know relationships is that again, like there's this threshold of, of mercy, this threshold of tolerance, like it's going to be really difficult for us to return to relationship with him. And, and I remember I, I went to confession once with a priest who spoke Spanish and, and I speak Spanish. So I was able to confess my sins, um, at least in Spanglish at that time in my life. And <laughs> so he kind of understood what I was talking about. And, but he just looked at me and as I was crying there, like, he was like, God loves you so much. Like he just kept on saying that over and over again, like God loves you so much. And, and I think as we proceed through life, like, it's such an appropriate request in prayer for us to be like, God, like boldly reveal your mercy to me, right? In my moments of least deserving it, right? By my performance, I need you to show up so that I don't just put up with you or think that you are putting up with me, but rather like that moment of reconciliation is like the seed of trust. It's the seed of, of intimacy and, because I think that if we don't have reconciliation and mercy in any relationship, right? Like there isn't going to be redemption, which for us as Christians is like the best part of the story. And so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's such a beautiful story, Anna. Yeah. yeah. As you were, as you were talking, I was thinking about how in that moment of reconciliation or in that moment of mercy, I often expect to feel like a rush of peace or like I don't even know what I expect <laughs> like maybe some mystical experience that, that like sort of proves that I'm actually being forgiven um, yeah. I'm like okay even when Jesus sort of like strips back these layers and he's like slowly 
um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word, but like slowly revealing my pride to me. Even then I'm like, oh, but if I don't feel it, mm-hmm. like it doesn't count. Um, but in reality, like, and I think that this is often revealed to me when my confessions are really short and the priest doesn't have that much to say. And he's like, okay, go into the church and pray three Hail Marys as my penance. And I'm like, three? Like, <laughs> okay. Like, um, and the, even like the fact that like, if I don't feel this like rush of peace and I pray my three Hail Marys, like just in thanksgiving for God's mercy, like, like he forgives me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter the piety with which you say those prayers. I used to struggle with that a lot. I'd be like, oh, I wasn't paying attention during that phrase of the Hail Mary that they told me to pray. And so like, I have to pray it again. And then I had a teacher once say like, like God's not looking for an A plus performance. Like he just wants your heart. He just wants you back. And same thing with sins that we forget to say, like God's mercy is so infinite that when we forget to say something, like we don't have to reconfess it because he's like, I take everything, right? All Mm -hmm. those things that you forget about even, and I still forgive you for them. That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love confession so much. I've grown to love it. So I'm glad that I can agree with you now. (laughs) I think too when you were saying um, how it's so fair of us to ask Lord reveal your mercy like show me because I remember in high school like right after I kind of had my conversion moment that was one of my biggest prayers was Lord surprise me today like surprise me with something little something big just surprise me just so I know you're there and he was probably you know shaking his head like okay Sophia (laughs) Uh, not that I have to keep proving myself to you, but here you go. <laughs> Here's a parking spot next to where you need to go, or you know what I mean? Um, the little things. Right, it's the little things, and I think his mercy is just so overwhelming, and this has been kind of, you know, I talk about this all the time, but this has been kind of my mantra for this whole year, and especially just in college, but um, his mercy is just so overwhelming that he's shining so radiantly just through people around us in situations that we're in um and and as you were talking I remembered um I don't know if you guys have read the diary of St. Faustina at all or maybe like excerpts of it yeah I've read little excerpts yeah it's pretty chunky like it's a big book um (laughs) and she was my I try and I do a little saint of the month every month like dive into a saint's life and pray with them or either if I have more time, read a book about them. Um, and so every September, I do St. Saint, Saint Faustina and read a little bit more of her diary. And I was like, I know I take pictures of the good stuff and keep it in my camera roll. <laughs> and I found, like, the only, the first one I could find was just so fitting for what we were talking about that I just am blown away. But I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, and then we can jump into our flames too for this week. Um, so this is what St. Faustina says in one of, I wish I could find the chapter, but I can just include, maybe we can include the picture on one of the stories or something this week. But anyways, she says, Oh, life so dull and monotonous, how many treasures do you contain? When I look at everything with the eyes of faith, no two hours are alike and the dullness of monotony disappear. 
The grace which is given me in this hour will not be repeated in the next. It may be given again, but it will not be the same grace. Time goes on, never to return again. Whatever is enclosed in it will never change. It seals with a seal for eternity. I just love her. I love her. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Cool. That's such a wonderful way to end the podcast, too. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, our flames for the week. Um, my flame for the week is the Lanky Guys podcast. Um, I may have even mentioned them before, but they're two men from Boulder, Colorado, Dr. Scott Powell and Dr. Peter Messett, and they put out a podcast every week um, discussing both in a, in a very academic way, but obviously in a very spiritual way to the upcoming mass readings for that Sunday. And I always love listening to their podcast because I learned so much about the context within what we're reading that week at mass. Um, and they're just like two dads telling dad jokes the whole podcast. And so it's so entertaining and fun to just kind of giggle along too. But I would definitely recommend it if anybody's looking for a way to just feel and more connected to the mass and particularly the liturgy of the word. Wow. I love that. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I was going to say. Yeah. Yes. 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> um, I think my flame for this week. So on Holy Saturday, my friend's parents came into town and they took us up to the Indiana dunes um, which are like these big sand dunes on the shores of um, Lake Michigan. And it was just so much fun to, first off, just like escape campus for a little while, but also we spent a good like 15 minutes just skipping rocks. Um, and it was so much fun. Like it was just, it was really, really joyful. Um, so yeah, it just made me really happy. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Um, I think for me, my claim was the Monday after Easter um, is when I drove back to school and all of my friends were kind of trickling in, but nobody was really there yet. So I just kind of spent the day doing homework. And then after practice, I had to go pick up my best friend from school from the airport. Um, it had only been four days, but it just, you know, those people were here, separated from them. And it just felt like years, you know? And then pulled up, and for some reason we have um, sombreros. I don't remember why we have sombreros, but we just sometimes wear them to the calf, or like if we're studying, we'll just wear our sombreros. And so I picked her up wearing my sombrero, and I had one of hers in the front seat. Um, and I was like, okay, I know she's gonna be a little hungry, so I brought like chips and salsa, and then <laughs> I put on this Mexican siesta playlist on Spotify. And I, she didn't know I was doing any of this. And then I picked her up and she's like laughing because she saw this sombrero and she just opened the door and she heard the song that was playing and she saw the chips and salsa. And all she, all she said was just, yep, I'm home. And I was like, <laughs> it was just such a beautiful moment that I, I was like, Lord, thank you for just this kind of friendship and this kind of life now in college that I can just soak all of this in because it was just a very um just a very college moment picking her up from the airport um uh, with our sombreros and it just it filled me up all week so definitely my flame I love, love that, that. <laughs> <laughs> makes me smile just thinking about it um 
Well, so Evie, thanks for hanging out with me. Listeners, thanks for tuning in today. Know that we are praying for you guys every time we release one of these podcasts. And, and especially this week, may you just encounter God's divine and infinite mercy in ways that you never have before. My friend, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> hey, friend. Anna Grace here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. If you did, feel free to send it to a family member or a friend, someone who could be encouraged by it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to head to palomagrace.net. You can learn more about our story also on palomagrace.net or follow us at Paloma Grace Ministries on Instagram. We are praying for you until we see you next time and God bless you.